Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. When it comes to regulating big tech firms like Google, Meta, or Apple, the FT's Javier Espinoza says there's typically one place that people look to. So generally, when we talk about big tech regulation, or for that matter, other key sectors that have been regulated in recent uh, years, like the financial sector, we see Brussels as leading the way. That's because Brussels is also the de facto capital of the European Union, and it's home to the EU's main regulatory bodies. Typically, we talk about the so-called Brussels effect. That means that whatever reforms uh, they do here and whatever uh, reaction companies have to legislation, they tend to broadly apply that not just in the European Union, but elsewhere, including the U.S. and Asia and, and other jurisdictions. But lately, when it comes to big tech regulation, Brussels appears to be taking a backseat to another place in Europe, Germany. In Germany, uh, there is already a law that is like at the vanguard of Europe's attempts to clamp down on the power of big tech. So it's almost like if you want to look at the future of what it looks like big tech being regulated in Europe, you need to head to Berlin instead of Brussels, at least for now. I'm Michaela Tendera from the Financial Times. Today on Behind the Money, we're going to dive into how Germany became Europe's leader in big tech regulation and how the EU is planning to catch up. Hi, Javier. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So where exactly did this conversation of big tech regulation in Europe come from? I mean, why now? There is this global narrative among regulators that in the past, they were a bit too relaxed when it came to tackling uh, big tech. They cleared uh, mergers of Facebook buying WhatsApp, Facebook buying Instagram, Google buying Fitbit. And, you know, they now realize that they should have scrutinized these deals for a lot longer. And how come? Regulators and uh, officials and politicians that I speak to on a regular basis here come from the point of view that Europe has been falling behind the digital revolution. We do not have an equivalent of Apple or Amazon or these titans of the digital industry in the same way that the U.S. have. So the reason why people 
here in Europe want to regulate big tech is because they feel that they have become too large and they see uh, laws, regulation as a way to opening up markets so that we could see a Polish Amazon or a Hungarian Facebook emerging. So right now, Germany seems to be leading the way with tech regulation. And that's thanks to this piece of legislation that was passed in 2021. Now, it's officially called Section 19A of the German Competition Act. But that's all a little hard to say, so we're going to just refer to it going forward as the German Digital Law. So, Javier, what's this law all about? It comes from the fact that regulators started seeing that big tech companies were behaving in a way that was not competitive. They were behaving in a way as a gatekeeper. So one thing that this new law prohibits outright is that companies like Meta are not allowed, it's it's illegal, it's anti-competitive, that they rank their services above the rest. Let's say if you're shopping on Amazon and Amazon has its own line of products and you're looking to buy a pair of shoes, it is illegal for Amazon to rank its own pair of shoes ahead of other pairs of shoes that might be sold by other smaller competitors on Amazon's platform, but that they might be of better quality and lower price. Okay, Got it. And that's something this law prohibits outright. But since it was implemented, German regulators have also been able to launch some investigations into major tech companies, too. Have those resulted in anything? Yeah. So, for example, Facebook has these virtual reality glasses. uh, And before, if you wanted to use these glasses, you had to have a Facebook or an Instagram account. As a result of, you know, the Federal Cartels Office, which is the competition watchdog in Germany, uh, opening an investigation, now you can get a a set of VR glasses without having to have a pre-existing account, which obviously is good for you as a consumer because you have more choice. And it's also good for competitors because it means that Facebook or Instagram do not own the whole space of your virtual reality. You know, you're not forced to just have those accounts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, why does Germany in particular care about big tech companies being too big? Is there a particular reason that Germany would have a stake in this compared to another country or the EU on the whole? I mean, Germany is one of the largest uh, economies in the European Union. It also spotted illegal behavior earlier than its peers in the continent. But it's in a way facing similar issues, right, of uh, these uh, large tech companies sort of undermining the rest. Germany in particular has been very keen to go after these companies in a way that is not just about fines, because in the, at the end, these companies have such large revenues that a, a fine is considered or is seen just as the cost of doing business. What they have been keen on doing is to actually change the conduct and the behavior so that they create more competitive markets. 
Yeah. How unique is it that rather than levying fines against these companies, they're forcing companies to just take action? Is that more unique in the antitrust sector or what have you seen in your reporting? This is a quite a good point and a distinguishing factor of the way the Germans are going after big companies. Because if you look at the track record in Brussels, there is a tendency to go and issue uh, multi-billion fines. Like Google in the last decade, for instance, has accumulated about 8 billion euros in terms of fines, which they are still to this day, more than a decade later, contesting. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really move the needle and that doesn't really have any effect for you and me in the way that we access or have more options on the table when it comes to, you know, digital services. We're stuck really with just a handful of options. Even when you say that you're going to cancel your Facebook account and you're going to join Instagram, you're just, uh, you know, changing from one service to another that's owned by the same uh, company. Mm -hmm. So what's the jurisdiction for this? Does it only impact people in Germany? Yes and no. Yes, if you read the law by the way that it's being created, is for like companies operating in Germany uh, who are engaged in illegal anti-competitive behavior. But the fact is that, uh, you know, we can talk about this uh, Brussels effect. Now we can also talk about a Berlin effect in that it is very costly for a, a company of the size of, of Google or Meta to just uh, make changes in a very narrow way in just one jurisdiction. It becomes easier just to make a standard sort of change. Yeah, and... Are there any criticisms about how this is going in Germany so far? Typically is uh, critics that represent the smaller companies, the European challenges to big tech. And they basically say that, yes, it's, it's good, but uh, they are just uh, frustrated by the speed of things. You know, if you talk to entrepreneurs, as I do, they are the sort of people that want to see change immediately. And sometimes this change takes many, many years to actually have any meaningful impact in markets. There have been cases of complainants against Google that uh, have gone bankrupt because they didn't have enough resources to fight these tech giants. Okay, so Brussels is close behind Germany with its own antitrust law, the Digital Markets Act, or DMA. Can you tell me more about what that law is supposed to do? So... To give you a very concrete example, Apple has for years generated its revenues by charging a fee to apps each time they sell a subscription. Uh, Apple has so far argued that they cannot allow competing apps on its system and they cannot allow these apps to take payments outside its ecosystem for security reasons. Rivals of Apple say that this is not the case, that they just simply do not want to allow competing apps to charge outside the App Store because they want to be the beneficiaries of these fees and, and they do not want to include competition. One new rule set in the Digital Markets Act will ban, essentially, Apple from doing this. This, uh, in my conversations with, you know, Apple executives and uh, EU officials, it's uh, potentially quite worrying for the company. The CEO 
uh, of Apple, Tim Cook, has been on the record extremely vocal and totally, you know, aggressive against uh, the DMA. And you can imagine why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's the difference here? It sounds like the DMA will do the same thing as the German digital law, except it's going to apply to all of Europe instead of just one country. In essence, both Berlin and Brussels are trying to do the same. Open up markets, allow for contestability. The difference between Germany and the DMA is that whereas in the DMA, the set of things that are banned are predetermined and not changeable. This is it, it's a fixed list. In Germany, the law allows for future potential bad behavior that we don't even know about yet to be included. It also, in Germany, and this is quite a powerful thing, it even prevents large companies like Amazon to engage in similar illegal behavior in some markets where they are dominant, even in emerging markets when they are not yet dominant. So like almost anticipating that they might become uh, big. That's interesting. Why is the Digital Markets Act behind Germany in this case? What's happened with the timing? Well, you can say behind or ahead, depending on we just talk about timing. I guess you could say that it's behind uh, because simply it just started in the timeline of things a couple of years later than uh, the Germans. But you could also say that it's ahead because, you know, once it's implemented, it's not going to just affect one European country, but it will be across the entire uh, single market, 27 member states, 450 million users. Got it. Yeah, that's a lot of people. So you said Apple and the company's CEO, Tim Cook, have already been pretty vocal against the DMA. How have other big tech firms responded to these new regulations? They, in the lead up to these uh, laws being enacted, were quite active and aggressive in their lobbying efforts, mainly arguing that if you go after a uh, company of the size of Google, for example, that you, what you're doing really, it's undermining the small European startups that rely on the wonderful services of uh, these companies. And that if you regulate too much, what you're going to do in the end is uh, stifle innovation. Are they pushing back in any other ways? We have seen it in the case of Germany, companies appealing the decision by the German regulator that they are particularly big and that they should have a higher bar, a a higher threshold of responsibilities because of their size. And uh, Amazon appealed against this decision, arguing that Amazon is not really the only competitor, but there are many established, successful German and international companies and disagreeing with what the Germans were saying that Amazon should be placed in these special categories. And this gives us a window like into the future of what is very likely to happen with the DMA once Brussels starts designating, which is the next step. They have to say, these are the five, six, seven, however many companies that are going to be affected by this law. So expect a lot of litigation from companies like uh, Apple or Meta arguing that they're not that big after all. Right. So you've told us a lot about what's happening in Europe, but 
Is there anything going on in any other countries like the U.S.? I think it's fair to say that what we have in Germany and the EU is cutting edge. And I mean, we need to sort of caveat what we mean by cutting edge, because some people argue that regulators have moved too slowly, that they have been focusing on fines and that they have been ineffective in opening markets. Having said that, there are other economies, namely the U.S., where all these companies are based, where they are moving even slower. Some argue that even though there's bipartisan willingness to go after these companies, it would be a political suicide for some to then start uh, going after these American companies. But there is some uh, willingness, some actors in the U.S., in the Biden administration, who are not afraid to go after big tech. Yeah, okay. And... The EU's Digital Markets Act is still going to take some time to be put into effect. Where do you see the story going before then? I see Germany continuing to open uh, more cases against big tech. For example, about two weeks ago, we saw that they opened an investigation into PayPal and the terms that they offer merchants. Uh, you know, whether they have engaged in some sort of cartel-like behavior. You could expect them venturing into new areas like data privacy, which has been an area that competition watchdogs have not looked in in the past, and just signaling that if you're a large tech company coming into Europe, maybe for years you were able to take all the market share unchallenged, but that these days are over. Javier, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Behind the Money is hosted by me, Michaela Tindera. Safia Ahmed is our producer. Topher Forges is our executive producer. Sound design and mixing by Sam Giovinco. Cheryl Brumley is the global head of audio. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.